dives in for the touchdown. Did he get it? Yes, sir, he did. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. You're listening to the One Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the One Pridecast. I'm Tori Petrie, joined as always by Lomas Brown. Hey! What is this, week eight, I think? I'm losing track of time here, but I think we're in week eight. Tori. Uh, Lions are preparing for uh, the Giants this weekend, and I don't even think we have time to talk about anything off the top of the podcast because how do you start anywhere besides with the crazy moves that have happened this week? Tori, it's been unbelievable and everything seems to be happening so fast. The, you, it seems like something happens then there's something else, then there's something else. So it's been amazing like you say how this week has been and how it's just varied from some of the things that had to happen to some of the things that did happen. So it's been wacky. It's been a wacky week so far. Alright, well in case you have like push notifications turned off on your right. phone or you haven't been on social media, here's the deal. Uh, the Lions placed Carrion Johnson on IR on Tuesday, and shortly after that announced that they had traded Quandre Diggs to the Seattle Seahawks along with a seventh-round pick in 2021 for a 2020 fifth-rounder. That's what they got in return was that 2020 fifth-rounder. Uh, it was a bit of a shocking trade, kind of uh, reminiscent of last year's trade of Golden Tate right before the trade deadline. Yes. Uh, let's start, I guess, with carry-on before we jump into the Quandre Diggs stuff. Lomas, did you see that coming? How does this team fare without carry-on Johnson? That's a big, big blow. It really is. Didn't see that coming. Feel very sorry for carry-on. Again, another season that he's going to lose to an injury. Um, at least part of a season, another part of a season, he'll lose to an injury. I just feel bad for that young man because you don't want any young player, especially as promising as his career has looked, you don't want them to be dealing with injuries this young in their career. And for him to have dealt with two knee injuries now, you know, early in this career is just not good. So I'm hoping that he gets well soon. The team, they're just going to have to rally. It's, I know it's going to be running back by committee. Uh, you got Ty Johnson back there. You got J.D. McKissick. You got some guys that are, that are capable of carrying the load. But when you don't have your workhorse there, when you don't have the guy that you really rely on, the, to really uh, help this run game go to the next level, it's going to be a step back, and that we're just going to have to deal with it. And who I feel sorry for is Matthew Stafford because until we establish the run with those new guys back there, if I'm a defense, I'm trying to tackle the running back on the way to Matthew. That's how I'm playing defense from here out until they prove that they can carry the load or at least – break away for some explosive plays that make me have to think about the run game. So right now, it seems to be back in the back to where we were last year, talking about having to have the run game to compliment Matthew Stafford. Yeah, Carrion got injured a few weeks later in the season last year, mm-hmm. uh, but he was also having a much better first half of the season last year than he has so far this year. Now, whether that's Carrion, the offensive line, the other elements of the run game – you know, who's to say that? I'm sure that, uh, you know, the guys down the hall would say it's a little bit of everything. Yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, it's it's tough. And they did announce on Wednesday that with that open roster spot created by Carrion Johnson going to IR, they're bringing up Paul Perkins uh, to the 53-man roster. Uh, so he should be on the roster this week. 
Um, but I think J.D. McKissick is probably going to be someone we see a lot, a lot more of. Um, he does have that familiarity with Daryl Bevel's offense from his time in Seattle. And we've seen flashes from McKissick, and he's had some really good you know, explosive plays. So I think that that's probably what we see mm-hmm. a lot more of. Uh, Ty Johnson is going to get, you know, thrown into the fire real quick as a rookie. Going to have to learn his way around. Uh, but we did see a lot of really good things from him in camp in the mm-hmm. preseason. Uh, but he is going to have to develop on the, you know, regular season stage because that is a little bit different. So, um, you know, I think he's a talented player. The Lions, yeah. you know, feel confident in him. They haven't gone out and gotten another running back, at least at the time of this recording. Who who knows with the movement that happens in the NFL if that will change. Um, but as of right now, the Lions feel comfortable with the guys they have here. But just real fast, just a great point that you made about J.D. getting more playing time than um, – Ty will, and again, tied into pass protection because the hardest thing for a young running back to learn mm, is yeah. pass protection. And now, Tori, with them having to pass the ball more, protection is going to be at a premium. So you want to put the guy back there that gives Matthew the best chance at some max protection, and it'll probably be J.D. early. But like you say, Ty will get a lot of playing time. Well, it's a tough blow too to an offense that wanted to be run first. Yes, you're right. You're you and that's what it's built off. That's what Coach Bevel has his offense built off. And you are so right. And we have been waiting for the running game to come along, and now just to lose carry on at this point. You know, it it, it is. It's, it's a real big blow. Can it still come along? It can. It can, Tori. It'll be running back by committee. That's what they'll have to do. They, and then maybe, like I said, during the telecast, maybe you use the short passing game for runs. You know, they Danny Amadola um, and uh, Matthew Stafford seem to have a nice little connection going there. So maybe you start using those short passes instead of trying to run and you get five, uh, five yards on the, a short pass. So I think they might even try to do that more. Or they even try to help the offense out, too. All right, that makes sense. That's good insight. Uh, let's then talk about this Quandre Diggs move. We've, we've covered carry oh on Johnson, and then uh, the surprise move really was Quandre Diggs getting traded to the Seahawks. What was your reaction Tory, to that trade? I don't understand. I'm completely baffled by it. And now I know, yeah, you look at, this first half of the season compared to his first half last year, and he was playing better. I admit, you know, the production was up. It was, but it was up for the whole defense. It wasn't just him. It's everybody. Think about the snacks. All those guys that we counted on that had good years last year. None of them are really having the type of years that we counted on to have. That included Andre. So, you know, when that happens and he's a team captain, then it makes you wonder just what is going on what's the real reason behind them doing such a move like this and like you said it's reminiscent of Golden Tate last year but Golden they knew they probably weren't going to be able to re-sign them I don't know if that went into the thoughts with Quandre you know I just don't know but to me it's shocking and it's early to give up on a player like that, to me, it seems to be early in the season. And it could send the wrong message unless Coach is sitting down with this team or his team captains and told them why this move was made and these guys got the message and they're going back to tell the rest of the guys in that locker room. Other than that, if I'm sitting at my locker in that today, I'm sitting around looking around wondering who's next. 
What's next? What's going to happen? You know, what adjustment am I going to have to make? You know, I'm on pins and needles. So hopefully coach came through and he explained it to the team or to the captains, and hopefully they got the message. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of uh, guys were voicing their disappointment on Twitter uh, just because he was a friend. Yes. And he was very well liked in that locker room and, you know, by the media as well. Absolutely. He was – a very friendly teammate, a friendly uh, guy to the media. And, uh, you know, talking to the media wasn't his favorite thing to do, but he did it. And, uh, you know, he had this dry sense of humor, and he was always fun to have on DetroitLions.com videos where we were just doing some fun, goofy stuff, you know, off the field. So uh, we will certainly miss his humor in videos like that. But I think that the all that to say that his teammates really liked this guy and uh, all of the things that we saw on Twitter last night were just because they were just bummed because they like that guy, yeah. and he's not going to be in their everyday lives now. Of course, you know, those friendships will carry on, but, uh, you know, you don't have uh, that friendly face greeting you when you come in the locker room. So things will, you know, change a little bit for those guys. So I totally understand that they were bummed out a little yep. bit. Um, and Coach Patricia talked about it at the podium today. He said, you know, we've probably all been in a professional situation where somebody has left our job and that we really enjoyed working with and you had to say goodbye to them and kind of compared it to that situation and, and said that the relationships are the best part of football and he knows that those will continue. Said Quandre is a great guy, a great person. Um, you know, I, I definitely think that his personality – uh, will be missed in the yeah, locker Yeah, it will. And think about it. That's two big blows. We lost Glover to retirement in the secondary. Now you lose Quandre. Those are two staple guys that have been here for a while that you lose out that secondary. So it's a new look. It's a new look back there, Tori. Yeah, it's definitely – it's a young look back yeah, there. Yeah, it is. You're right. I mean, Coach was listing off the guys that the Lions have at safety – today I mean he talked about Will Harris who they drafted this year obviously they've got to have some confidence in him to be able to make this move even mentioned CJ Moore who was an undrafted rookie free agent uh, who made this roster and uh, even mentioned uh, Miles Killebrew yeah so I found that to be interesting as well what do you think happens at safety now yeah I think you're right I think Tracy now I I expect Tracy to take his game up to another level now Um, and like you say, with Will, I think Will probably get the job. I mean, he's a young guy. Tracy's going to have to mentor that young guy along with Darius Slay and the other defense, Justin Coleman and the rest of those guys. They have to mentor him. But, you know, they seem to be comfortable, like you say, with him being back there. He's a young guy, so coach expects him to have his growing pains. But, you know, I think what he expects coming out of those growing pains is something that's going to be a player that will be here for, you know, five, ten 10 years or so. So that's the type of talent I think they're looking at the, with the Will Harris that they'll put back there. So hopefully they'll keep moving up, Tori. Well, I think we'll see a lot of Tavon Wilson. Yeah, uh, Tavon. And he had been playing well. Tavon had really, really been playing well. He's somebody that's jumped off the film to me. The Stadium Collection, located inside Gate A at Ford Field, is your one-stop shop for all your Detroit Lions merchandise needs. Open Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. until 6 p.m. The Stadium Collection has something for every Lions fan in your life to show their pride. Now that we've talked about what's happened uh, midweek this week, I guess we could go back and talk (laughs) about that game on Sunday, as tough as it is to talk about the Lions' fall to the Minnesota Vikings. They dropped to 0-2 in the division. What went wrong in that game, Lomas? Oh, Tori, finish. 
finish, finish. That's my that's one of my biggest thing. But Tory, if we don't get pressure on opposing quarterbacks, all of them are gonna come in here and look like Aaron Rodgers. Every one of them, including the Kirk Cousins, because this guy here, man, he looked like the second coming of Fran Tarkenton, even though he didn't <laughs> run the ball. I mean, just that Tory, he had all day long to throw the ball. Oh my goodness, it was driving me crazy. So to me, man, my biggest thing is pressure, putting pressure on these opposing quarterbacks, not letting them sit back there and letting these long routes develop. Because you see, all most of his stuff was play action. So he's play action. So he's sitting back. So that means that's a long route that has to develop, and he has time to sit there and watch it develop. So some kind of way. Either they're going to have to manufacture pressure or the guys are just going to have to take it to another level and get pressure on these opposing quarterbacks. But we're going to face this the rest of the season until they start getting pressure on them. So in your mind then, it's lack of pressure that's a bigger problem than the inability to stop the run. I, I think, but see, but the inability to stop the run to me has been tackling. That's the biggest that's, thing. That's fair. It, it, Tory, our tackling has been horrible. So to me, that's something that you could physically correct the tackling. But again, the other part, not getting pressure on the quarterback, letting that offense dictate to you, that's a losing formula for losing games. Tackling, you can work on that through the week and try to get better at that. But that's the reason why the defense, to me, looked as bad as it looked because of them not being able to tackle anyone. Yeah, it, it definitely was a struggle for the Lions on defense. And when I asked Coach Patricia about it in our weekly film session, he said, you know, I don't know that it's just that, you know, a pattern that's happened in that game and all the games. It's that we've had that game in particular. We lacked on defense. There have been other games where we lost because the defense was really good and the offense couldn't keep up. So it hasn't been one thing that right. the Lions have had a hard time with. And, you know, credit to them. Lummis, what do I talk about every week on this podcast oh, about yeah. not being able That's to convert right. in the red zone? That's right. That's you. You're the red zoner. That's and right. They did it. Uh, yeah, week. they did. They did. And, and it's so much. It's so fun to see that, Tori. That when they get down there, and it helps the defense out. Believe me, the defense sitting on the sideline, like thank goodness, seven instead of three points. And I like Matt Prater. We love Matt Prater, <laughs> but we don't want to see that much of Matt. <laughs> totally, yeah. So I think that that is an area where we saw them improve, but it didn't solve all their problems because other ones popped up um, and came back to bite them. And I definitely think that not being able to get off the field on third down was yes. another huge one. Great point. Great point. And that'll kill any defense right there and you know at first it was a lot of plays that we went three and out so that's a great point not being able to convert third downs and not stopping other teams from converting that's a recipe for disaster right there that's a great point yeah it definitely is and on Tori's take live on Monday our live stream that we do on DetroitLines.com and Lions social media um I talked about how five of the six third downs that the Vikings converted were on scoring drives. The sixth one was on a penalty on a kneel down play at the end. So the Vikings took advantage of being able to convert those third downs, and they scored because of not being able to get off the field on third down. And, and to me, that was one of the biggest issues. That's what the good teams do too, Tori. That's what they do. Yeah, totally. So definitely an overall um, you know, defensive struggle for the Lions on Sunday against yeah. the Vikings. But – how about Marvin Jones Jr.? Oh, 
Four touchdowns. Who? Now I hadn't heard the Cloyce vo- box. Right. The uh, that's the receiver. The only other receiver I think in Lions history that's had four touchdowns. And I think Marvin tied him okay. right. I hadn't heard that name, but that's way. Well, if you back. haven't heard it, Lomas, I then I certainly haven't. Yeah, but they say he tied close, but he was a machine. Marvin looked great out there. Him and Matthew, that connection was so nice to see between those two. Uh, I wish he could have got one more and got the record, but it was nice to see that even though it was an losing effort, Marvin has shown that he's a top receiver in this league. I, like I keep saying, we have a top five receiving core. Our group receivers, but Marvin is starting to really trying to uh, uh, put himself out there in front of a lot of these other receivers. He's trying to put his name out there, and that was a great job on Sunday between him and Matthew connecting on those four touchdown passes. And speaking of Matthew, fastest quarterback to 40,000. Yes, hey, I like that, man. The young fellas, that's my... Now, look, I had thought that Dan Marino was one of the best quarterbacks I had ever seen, arm talent-wise. But I do between Patrick Mahomes and I got to throw Matthew in there okay. with that arm talent. I got to throw him in there, man. The guy has some arm talent, and I'm happy for Matthew. All we got to do is keep that young man healthy, and <laughs> we can look. Maybe we can look for another forty thousand yards story. Right, okay. All right. <laughs> Let's look ahead now to the Giants game. Giants are coming into Ford Field on Sunday, uh, the second of a two-game homestand, and the Lions will head on the road for two games. They need a win right now, and badly. They're not totally out of any sort of playoff contention, but they've got to do some work this last stretch of the season uh, in order to keep their names in it. And they've got the Giants coming in this weekend. What do you think of that matchup? Yeah, it's a matchup that we're going to have to have. We, We said this about, at least I said this about Minnesota game. It was a game that I felt we have to have. Well, this is a game I feel that we have more talent than them. And this is a game they're coming to our place. So this is a game that sets up to me. They're coming here with a rookie quarterback to a hostile environment, hopefully. The fans will be out there and be hostile. You know, again, Saquon, so we don't know how he's going to perform. I know they've had a lot of injuries with their wide receivers. So, you know, and their offensive line. And the offensive line, I would say, is one of the stellar, stellar offensive lines in this league. So I do think we can, if, if it's ever a week for us to start working on getting pressure on quarterbacks and maybe even having to blitz them if we have to manufacture pressure. I think this is the week. I think this is the week where you could uh, heal a lot of wounds on the defensive side of the ball against a young quarterback and gets a kind of hurting um, offense. Now they do have Golden Tate and Golden probably gave them a lot of information on the Lions defense and how they like to um, defense certain situations. But, again, I just think it's more talent over here with the Detroit Lions than it is with the New York Giants, and that's a game we should win. Saquon Barkley, Mm -hmm. he is coming in here after returning last week. Uh, First game back was last week. Okay. This week, he's coming into Ford Field. He's got his shake your rust off game underneath his belt. And uh, that's definitely going to be a challenge for a team that gave up 142 yards to 
Dalvin Cook. <laughs> yes, and you know Saquon's licking his chops. Now, like you say, he got that rust game off his belt. So now he's going to come in looking at what Dalvin's done and looking at what Minnesota's offense has done against our run uh, run defense. So you're right. He has to be licking his chops to get at the Detroit Lions. So to me, that's going to – and, and Tory, it's going to follow the Lions' defense these next four games until they stop the run – Every offense coming in here is going to try to establish a run against the offense. That's, it's going to be a plain and simple uh, game plan for other teams. It's just whether we're going to be able to stop those teams from doing that. What should we expect to see from Daniel Jones at quarterback? You know, Danny Dimes, again, if they're able to set up the the runs, they're going to do the same thing Kirk Cousins did to us, which is the play-action fake. Um, Eli, he lived off of that. That's what Eli lived off off of. So I expect them to come in with a rookie quarterback. You don't want to put too much on this play. You come in with this guy, you want to keep him comfortable. So you run Saquon and you throw some play action passes in there. You throw some screens in there every now and then. You maybe throw some little short screen, um, wide receiver screens just to get the ball out of his hands fast. But I expect um, the um, head coach to come in and do that um, to keep him comfortable. So give me the quick summary of what the Lions need to do to get back on track against the Giants this weekend. Tori, we got to establish our dominance. And where you do it at is at your line of scrimmages. Offense and defense, until we do that, the rest of the offense or the defense isn't going to work the way it's supposed to work. Your run game isn't going to get established, which it hadn't gotten yet. Your run-stop game isn't going to get established because we haven't been able to do that. So we got to start dominating the line of scrimmages. And until that happens, Matthew's not going to be able to do what he wants to do. And our defense isn't going to be able to stop anybody. So to me, it's the big guys. And, you know, I'm a big guy. So it was up to the big guys. I like putting it on the big guys' shoulders because they got big shoulders to hold it. But seriously, we need to be able to dominate the line of scrimmages. All right. You guys heard the big guy. That's our parting <laughs> words for this week. Thank you, Lomas, right. as always, for your insight. <laughs> Thanks, Tori. We'll talk to you guys next week.